2: On the Billiken Sports Network from Learfield, welcome to the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Billiken Athletics. Life is a series of moments. Make the most of them with an Edward Jones financial advisor. Yes,
3: no good. Ball game. <laughs>
2: Billiken win. Billiken win. Now, the Billiken Basketball Radio Show.
3: Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Billiken Coaches Show. I'm Bob Ramsey. We're at Chaffetz Arena joining us. Billiken head coach Travis Ford. It's it's, uh, it's quiet in here. It's it's often, when I come in here, usually it's practice or whatever, and just being in here where there's nothing happening, it's really kind of strange.
2: Yeah, you know, um, obviously I'm here <laughs> a lot All during the time. this time. Uh, but I think there is something about a empty arena and gymnasium it's uh uh it, i you know sometimes i come in here and just sit and think and you know maybe watch even sit in, in one of the chairs and watch film and do different stuff it's just a uh it's kind of calming a little bit
3: it is you know and it's interesting here or or like for the 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 billican blizzard here when you're sitting here and then you think of all the noise and people or for instance friday when we were at the shoot around in dayton and then the atmosphere there that night it's it's really an incredible difference
2: yeah it is (laughs) it's amazing uh how quickly it can be transformed um into madness in the madness uh we pulled up to dayton and uh i guess we got there about an hour and a half for game time and the line was uh, uh out to the street uh just lined up and for some of our guys that were it was their first time playing there. We'd obviously talked about the atmosphere and things like that. But uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's different with, uh, with nobody in here. It's a lot different.
3: I want to talk about atmospheres a little bit. We've done this in the past, but because of playing at Dayton the other night um, and this is not uh, no disrespect to Dayton, um, but the narrative is kind of, well, it's always been that way. That's not exactly true. It's always been good. And it's always been a well-earned reputation. It was a good atmosphere. But when Coach Miller took him to four NCAA tournaments in a row, it went up another notch. And so, for instance, if if you were there in the last well pre-COVID or this year, compare that to, say, 20 years ago or 25 years ago, it's it's a much different atmosphere. The building has been spruced up, multi-multi-million dollar renovation. It's it's different and at the next level.
2: Well, yeah, they've definitely uh done a lot of uh, remodeling and things. I think, you know, they have the first four there, the NCAA tournament every year and that's a big 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 deal to yeah. them. It's a huge deal. It's uh it, it's major for them uh financially and a lot of things. Uh I'm sure uh, but yeah, you know, Dayton's been selling out for 20, I took my, uh, my first time going there, I took my, uh, uh, Eastern Kentucky team there and it was sold out very first game of the year in a, in a buy game and we beat them. Uh, I think that was, oh goodness. I'm not sure who was coaching at that point. Brian Gregory, maybe,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, maybe just before him, but it was my Eastern Kentucky first game of the year. Um, and, uh. Um, I remember we got paid like $80,000, 80000 It was sold out. Um, but Dayton's always, you know, something about, uh, you know, Wright State is in Dayton, Ohio as well. They get great support.
3: Mm-hmm. Xavier just, right down the road, Cincinnati right down the, right down yeah, the road. They just
2: love their basketball. Yeah, they do. Really love their basketball. They do. But, uh, ever, ever, you know, again, I can't talk for that, but ever since I've been going there, it's, that's, that's the way it's been. Uh, it's just been, inc- you know, uh, very well supported.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just think the energy yeah. in the last eight, it nine have, years yeah. has gone, that much attention gone to it. the next level, like yeah. where you would put it now with any place in the country. I guess that's it, where I was stumbling toward. When you look at New Mexico, you put Dayton right there. Oh, absolutely. And Duke and, and some of these others. It's right
2: there. Oh, absolutely. No, there's no question. Um, you know, um, playing at Kansas is probably the – one of the craziest. But I I'd put Dayton as far as that's concerned, um, right up there with it because it's a sellout. I mean mm-hmm. people are sitting, you know, uh are, are, are making up their own seats in the bleachers and it's just standing room only. The you know, students are insane, uh and they're writing <laughs> literally feels right, like they're you. on your bench. Uh
3: and the proactive nature of the yeah, fans. They yeah. they don't just sit on their hands and wait for yeah. something. They're well before the game starts, the whole place is on their feet Make it's it loud yeah.
2: it is loud and it and you and it's one of those gyms or arenas whatever that's kind of where ours i think goes up theirs kind of goes out a mm-hmm. little bit, and it just looks like they just it goes on forever, forever. Yeah. <laughs> if you look doesn't it? it looks like it, it just goes on forever, and you look up and it looks like the back bench people are just on top of each other um mm-hmm. I got you know it's uh it's a great, great atmosphere. Yeah.
3: I might have asked you before. I can't remember. Have you ever played at New Mexico?
2: Never have. Never been it's, there.
3: It's 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 mm. as noisy as I've ever been in a in a yeah. building. It's the pit. Re- yeah. Really, really crazy. Earl and I had our headphones on. Turned way, we couldn't hear each other, talk to each other, even with our headsets on.
2: Yeah, it. I, I've heard that. Um, obviously, Richard's got it going over there really yes. good right now. Um, but I've never been there. The best, again, the best. I've you know. Uh, it would be Allen Fieldhouse. It would definitely be um, uh, Kansas. Would be up there. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was playing at Kentucky, I tell you, a place that was packed every single night. It's a different arena, but at the time they were doing, they were rolling and it sold out every single game. Or when, especially when Kentucky came, was Vanderbilt. It was Eddie Fogler's wow. years. They had Billy McCaffrey. They had some, you know, some NCAA teams at that time. And it was a crazy atmosphere, a really, really loud and crazy atmosphere, and a different because this the court is like a stage.
3: Yeah, it's up high.
2: You're, it's up high, uh, and it feels like you're, you know you're, you're kind of on a stage. And the first oh ten rows actually are below, this, below mm-hmm. the below uh, the court. Um, benches are in the end zones or in the baseline, things like that. So it, it was different, but uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, also, when I was at Oklahoma State. Uh, when uh, Fred Hoiberg had Hilton had uh, oh, yeah. Hilton going Hilton Magic over at uh, Iowa State, that That's that that had to get as loud as anybody.
3: Well, you know one, and it, they haven't been able to. It's it's been up and down, kind of with the fortunes of the team. But going back, th- through NIT Brian Kunderman SID thirty two years when the Bills played at Wisconsin in an NIT game in their old. Fieldhouse barn, not their mm-hmm. new nice building. It was the building was shaking. It yeah. was it was crazy at Wisconsin. It was
2: so I played my my uh my junior year at Kentucky when I was playing was the last year of the barn at Arkansas. We were one of the last teams to play there. I mean, yeah. That might have been one of the craziest atmospheres. I like that was insane. Those corner
3: seats Just, that be on top was, of you. Yeah.
2: All out, just it was crazy.
3: I was there for a women's game and it was insane,
2: <sighs> crazy. And then they built yeah. a new arena, yeah. and it wasn't quite the same. It was bigger, newer, nicer, stuff like that. But the barn, the old barn, it mm-hmm. was you. When you walked out, you knew this something's different here. <laughs> this is this is uh, a little bit different. It was crazy.
3: Yeah, and when they start calling the hogs.
2: <laughs> oh, it's they were calling the hogs. They were calling us a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's uh let's get into the show here a little bit. Let's uh real quick talk about last week. Some good, some bad. You beat Rhode Island. It was more of a struggle than you wanted. Um uh but you got the win and you did enough good things and got enough contributions in particular off the bench that night.
2: Yeah, you know, we it was good to get a win. We didn't you know didn't play great this time of year though. You're going to find some teams that maybe Records aren't doing as great, but they have good nights. I mean, that yeah. that that happens at our level, it, you know. Uh, and uh, as a coach, I understand that. And you got to sometimes just figure out how to win. We didn't play great. We figured out, uh, you know, uh, down the stretch, um, closed it out. But uh, we we found them on a really good night. I thought of why I'd watched probably their previous seven straight games. Um, you know, they were averaging five threes a game. I think they had six or so in the second half alone. were banking threes in and. Had a guy who had made four all year, made back-to-back threes on us. And, oh, the big kid, And yeah. those, are, those are games that, you know, uh, you know that, that you can end up, things not going your way when a team like that uh, all of a sudden finds their mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why they throw the ball up. And so I was happy with the win, but knew that uh, we weren't playing the way we needed to play for the next game.
3: Yeah, that's when we, we circle back to Dayton and the atmosphere. And the way you came out of the gate, because sometimes we and other teams have been there, and you just get overwhelmed from the tip. You win the tip, you make the first bucket, you make another bucket, and all of the hey, we're making shots, we're up and down. Um, you probably never allow yourself to feel pretty good that early in a game, but it was a
2: it was a good start. Well, it's important. You want to you know you always, you, you know, going into an arena like that. Um, and a good team that you, you obviously want to get off to a good start. We we actually have the last several years have gotten off to decent starts over there, really good starts. We just haven't uh, finished half, finished the first half mm-hmm. very well. Um, and uh, that's kind of what happened here and didn't start particularly the second half very well. We actually got some stops. We just missed some really easy shots to start the second half after, you know, we're down seven at halftime uh, and, and really – Thought we should have kept it between three and four. We missed a front end of a one and one, uh which was uh which was big. They uh they make a three and go down seven, then come out second half, it's their ball, we get a stop, come down, miss a basically a wide open layup off mm-hmm. a nice pass. Yeah. Go back down, get another stop, come back down and get a his a, a three with nobody within twenty five feet of us from a really great three point shooter, and that doesn't go down. And uh you know those in those environments in good game big games you, you need those shots to go in, uh, but you know we're down seven at half, and uh, you know come out second half couldn't, couldn't really score. But you look at both teams' percentages. Both you know we scored twenty two points, they scored twenty nine. If you'd ask us before on that end of it defensively, I would say I'll take twenty nine and feel pretty good about it. Right. Uh, but they got twenty nine of their points, over half of them. Came off free throws. Uh, they shot 19 free throws in the second half, uh, and only scored one more field goal than we did. But we kept fouling uh, in the paint, uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of those shots. I think they scored. Oh, we had a step 15 points under seven seconds of the shot clock. A lot, and uh, just couldn't get the the late shot clock start uh, stops. Got in a point we couldn't score. We could we could couldn't we didn't had any, any rhythm uh, for started forcing shots quickly. Um and uh, things started going downhill a little bit.
3: You know, and it's funny, and we've talked about it for years now, it was close throughout, but then you end up getting out-rebounded, and you think, well, just that. Well, it's not just that. You only had eight turnovers. Yeah. And, well, and normally you go, oh, that's pretty good. Hey, we're in good shape. But you lose the rebound battle, so it sort of balances out.
2: Yeah, which is unlike us. Yeah. Um, uh, that and a big, big, big key is keeping them out of transition all the time, but especially in that arena because you want to keep the crowd out of it. They only scored, I think, two transition buckets two, or two points. Two off, points. Two points off transition. So those are numbers that we were shooting. You know, there's certain things we're you know, certain keys we're trying to get to, and one of the big keys is keeping them out of transition at home. Yeah. And uh, we <laughs> did that. We just – you know, we've proven this year, we've proven we can defend at a high level uh, on, on, on on certain nights against good teams. We've proven we can score. We're leading, we're, you know, score more points than anybody in the league up until lately. But we're, we've proven we can score. We've proven we can rebound. We've led rebounding in this league. We've led it this year um, all year long on all three categories. We're probably top two and one or two in all of them. But what we haven't proven is being consistent with it. Right. That's what we haven't proven. And that's where we've got to get to. We've proven we can do it. We've done it on any certain night you can think of. And we may go out and score 80 or whatever, and then all of a sudden we score 50. You know, it's it's the consistency level that we're looking for and trying to figure it out. And uh, But we've proven it's not like, well, this team can't defend. No, you look at the numbers, We're we're pretty good defensively. Well, we got out rebounded. Well, you look at the numbers we 're pretty good rebounding. You look at the offensive numbers we 're not we 're up at the very top offensive. We just got to be consistent with it
3: that 's travis ford we're going to take a break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit more about personnel and uh, uh player rotations and those kind of things that that uh, people wonder about and, we, and I think it'll lead to that word again inconsistency and talk about a c- couple of accolades that a uh, couple of uh Coach Ford's players have earned as this season's gone on. It's the Billiken Coaches Show here on KMOX. We'll be right back.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
0: is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the
2: deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind.
0: Stream minor league affiliates.
2: The Midwest League home run leader.
0: And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez. Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: Welcome back to the Billiken Coaches Show on KMLX. We're at a uh, nice, quiet Sheffield's Arena. We're hoping in a couple of days at 8 o'clock, the Billikens um, we'll get right back after it and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But let's talk about personnel a little bit. The thing we talk about inconsistency, coach, and uh, you mentioned all the statistics and areas and all those things. And inconsistency from player performance, and they're people. That's one of the things that I know that metrics kind of dehumanizes players. Yeah, guy's going to have be great one night and mm-hmm. maybe not so great the other night. But as a coach, you want some consistency. And, you know, I'll have fans, well, how come they're not playing whoever? And I'll go, well, you know, let's see, he'll get a chance. Everybody gets a chance. And that guy will play and play great. Then he gets more minutes the next night doesn't play so great. It's that kind of consistency has got to be difficult to try and
2: yeah, no, it's, it's uh, you know, there's a total of 200 minutes in a game mm-hmm. from five spots. Uh, can't everybody play? Um, and it's especially it's especially easy when things aren't going your way to point and say, well, you play him, play – well, then that means somebody else is not going to play. And, um, you know, we're trying to figure it out. We have things that we look at based on – um what's important as far as scouting report things like that what fits and uh, understanding our system and things like that uh but uh yeah you know it's uh it's it's been a little bit of a challenge i think this year um it's been a challenge there's been a you know i think there's been a lot of uh, nagging injuries that you know about oh, that's yeah. kept some people from probably being their best Definitely. that we haven't publicized we haven't done we don't want to make i'm not making excuses because I've, I've said it and i've told our team i'd need to, you know i i take a lot of pride usually this time pushing the right buttons and getting guys uh and then we're still trying to figure out all those different buttons to try to push to get some consistency from everybody when we were at our best when we won those six in a row you can go back and look at it we found something there uh our bench was terrific uh you know we were getting defense from this guy who might normally be scoring a lot of points and then we're getting a guy here who maybe hadn't been playing so well all of a sudden now he's gotten hot uh it's not like we just well we won six and we decided to change everything um the consistency factor has been uh been a great challenge it's been a challenge and it's 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 uh it's not one or two guys by no stretch of the imagination it's uh, you know, we're just trying to, you know, it, it, for whatever reason, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're a really, really good offensive team. Then all of a sudden for some night we don't score. Uh, it's not because we change the offense or we do anything. It's, uh, uh, we do get stagnant at times. We do don't have as good a ball movement at times. uh, you know, things like that, but, uh, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it it it, it is a it, it's it's, and that's the challenge is being consistent with it.
3: And you know, it's it's really interesting. And anybody that, well, maybe not, not in the heat of the game, but you know, somebody's a good player, they've earned time, they're playing, and then you come out one night and they're. I know you've had to at some point look around and go, "What's wrong with him tonight?" You know, a, a guy will just have an awful game out of nowhere, and then you say, "Well, why are you playing so and so and so?" You gotta adapt now. Yeah. Or a guy more likely that you see a lot. Somebody that you thought, well, we're gonna get twenty five minutes out of it, and he's in foul trouble. Yeah. Right away. And that changes everything.
2: And that's part of it. You yeah. know, that goes with it. Uh and that's when we were playing our best, we were able to sustain all that because our bench was playing so well. Right. Um, and coming in contributing right away, um, and things like that. But that's you know, that that goes with it. That's what separates a good team from an average team from a bad team. It's not Uh, it's, it's not overly complicated from that standpoint of what makes a good basketball team or a good football team or anything like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, and that's what, you know, we've been talking to our team about the last couple of days is just, uh, you know, finding your best and every player has a strength on our team and we need that strength but also we need, we can't just hang your hat on just that. We've got to have more of whether it be defensively or rebounding or diving on the floor or leadership, whatever it may be, you know, everybody needs to try to just bring a little bit more.
3: Let's talk about a couple of guys and some real positive stuff. Yuri Collins last week becomes the uh, Atlantic 10s all-time leader in assist in a, in a league that, has been around so long. Has had truly great guards, great guards, and he he, he leads all time in the league assists.
2: Amazing stat, amazing stat. You know, it's uh, you know, uh, assists are as is, as he would tell you a two way street. Got to have some guys. And he's played with some good players that can make some shots, but also he's just a a special special point guard who finds guys who makes on time on target passes. He has an incredible feel for the game. You know, and he broke the record. The record uh, was just uh, was from J- uh Gilliard that was at Richmond, mm-hmm. who who obviously just graduated a year or so ago, uh, who had an incredible career uh, at Richmond, Jacob Gilliard. And uh, you know, uh Yuri and I talked about that. He was kinda of proud of that. he has a lot of respect. An mm-hmm. incredible amount of respect for Gilliard and he was he was proud of the fact that, you know, gosh, uh he knew how good that he was. But uh yeah, it's uh to average the assists, he's averaged double figures is uh, is not an easy thing to do.
3: No, it's amazing. You know, you talk about respect between some of the great players. I try to look for some of those things, and like at one point, Friday night, Malachi, Malachi Smith, and Uri crashed together, and both went flying out of bounds. Helped each other up off the floor. They know who who the the top dogs are in the league, and they yeah. respect each other.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh is a really, really good point guard. Uh, you you know, he and yuri there's some really good point guards. You look at, mm-hmm. you know, Ace Baldwin and you go down the line, there's a lot of really good – we're going to have one here Wednesday night and Foster Lawyer is a great point guard uh, in in our, in our league, a first-team all-conference player. He had player. like a
3: million free throws the other night. Yeah. He was just, oh, my God. Yeah,
2: he uh, – he, yeah, he's uh, – he, he, He's he shifty. Gets, he gets to the foul line. He doesn't miss. Um, but, yeah, he was, you know, first-team all-conference player, uh, another really good point guard. But yeah, some really good point guards in this league, and uh, uh, you know it's uh, it's always been like you said. It's always kind of been that way. There's always been a lot of really good point guards uh, in mm-hmm. the A10.
3: And then the other guy, um, uh, Gibson Jimerson, eclipsed 200. I don't have that total right in front of me. Is it 200, 205, something like that? Uh, Gibson Jimerson. That's that's a lot of threes.
2: Yeah, it is a lot of threes, especially when that's everybody's scouting report is not to let you get threes. <laughs> and uh, it's in
3: uh, a couple of short seasons. Yeah, no, no
2: question. Yeah, he's a uh, couple of short seasons, and uh, from COVID to injury and different things like that. But uh, you know, no different than Yuri. He's earned it. He uh, lives in the gym and. Uh, Puts his time in and, uh, you know, is uh, is a great, great shooter.
3: Let me ask you this about the way the game is called. Earl's talked about it on on game broadcast several times that one of the differences in in college and and pro, and I, I, by the way, I like that the college game is not like the pro game. I like them different because this is our game. This is the college game. But the freedom of movement away from the ball and – this sounds like a self serving comment, I guess it is, but i don't think it's wrong. Just watch Gibson Jimerson every game when he doesn't have the ball and how he is mugged every single night and can't get calls
2: it's amazing to me, and i've sent it in and everything they you know um the amount of times that he gets held on cuts underneath out of bounds, they actually called it finally the other night underneath out of bounds, holding him
3: crazy i couldn't uh, believe everybody knows
2: it. we run a lot of plays for yeah. him man it's nothing new i can say it. every every opponent knows we do it yeah but they never call it ever finally they did the other night back to back in the same possession one was on him one uh they called they held him then another one held javante and uh actually we got another one later on an underneath out of bounds play but uh but yeah he uh he gets held. He's obviously it was interesting. He made a couple of early threes in the Dayton game and then all of a sudden they just face guarded him. You can watch it on film. They're yeah. not they don't even pay attention. They don't leave they don't get with No them. help. No help. Just uh his man, whoever's guarding him, doesn't you know, stays within probably two to three feet, doesn't leave him. Um uh, and uh you know, it's uh that just a respect level.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So two guys do that that are able to accomplish that and it's fun um when you look at game notes the uh, uh brian kunderman always has the list the the records and things and watching guys climb up the list and and i've been fortunate enough to have been around i know almost everybody on those lists it's it's really fun to follow that and even in season sort of get a historical perspective
2: yeah it is it's uh Especially when you start thinking all the great players that have been through the A10 and different things like that, and you know, I think Jordan uh, Jordan Good didn't break an A10 right, but I think he got the most steals in in, in uh, mm-hmm. Billiken history. And Son French broke, uh, I think, the shot blocking record mm-hmm. as a junior, and things like that. Uh, you know, those guys, uh, you know, kind of made their impact within our program. But it's always interesting to see guys break records and things. But when I when I think about it, like Yuri. Uh, you know, because I watch him every single day, and um, you know, and I I fully get his vision and understanding, and it's like second nature to him. But I also start thinking about all the players that he's played with, and who've gotten those assists and things like that. And then as you start thinking about Gibson and all the threes he's made, and how he different ways he's made them, and different things. That's what uh, when Absolutely. I think of those things, I kind of start reminiscing about how, how they got those, and and uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's been fun to watch.
3: We're going to take a break. We'll come back and uh, look ahead um, the rest of this week to home games and the way the schedule kind of breaks out. We'll talk about those things and more. It's the Billiken Coaches Show right here on Camel X. Welcome back to Schaafitz Arena. It's quiet now, but hopefully in a couple of days it's going to be crazy in here. We certainly hope that, and that's what's next up on the schedule. So, easy way to look at it: Well, you went down to Davidson, uh, you ended ended that uh, that streak there of never winning. You win. They've been up and down. So easy game, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we both know right. better than that. No better. Uh, this is as funny. On the way here, I was talking to uh, a coaching friend of mine uh who's in the business, and uh, he was talking about you know, yeah, Davidson. They've got a really good team, and I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, can't pay attention to the record because you got Foster Lawyers of All Conference player who uh, you know has play had a big game against us last year in the uh, in the A10 tournament, huge game. I mean, at had twenty five, twenty seven. Uh their centers averaging about seventeen a game who's really, really tough uh inside. Uh they've got guys that can shoot it. Uh, so yeah, it's a, a really good team. Uh you know, uh they uh they went to UMass a couple of games ago and won big at UMass. They lost to Fordham by just one or two and, and all their losses have been just by two, three Points here and there. They've been in every game. They've actually played better on the road probably than they have yeah. at home.
3: They're they're uh, like 5-5 five and five or 5-6 five and six or something like that yeah, on the road.
2: Yeah, they've played better on the road than they probably have at home. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of respect for Davidson, a lot of respect for, uh, you know, their program and obviously a new coach and a lot of respect for Foster Lawyer, their center, and they've got a lot of really good players.
3: Yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but that uh, Sam Menenga, he was – I know from being at practice and, and uh, at shootarounds on the road that he was a real focus of what you guys were talking about because he was such a matchup problem.
2: I mean, he's a matchup problem for everybody, just yeah. for the fact he's a starting five man who is great down low, left handed, great around the basket, but he's also uh, a, 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 just a dead eye three point shooter. I mean, just you can't leave him open. Uh, that's, that's hard to guard uh that's really hard to guard they you know they do a good job putting him in different spots and um but uh but yeah it's a it's a matchup issue
3: and and in that game where you played down there you didn't get a ton of points from your bigs but they rebounded pretty well and defended okay
2: yeah they did uh francis was in foul trouble felt like the whole game um and uh just couldn't really get into rhythm other than we went to him a couple times, and he scored early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, four
3: or five from the field.
2: Yeah, and we, and he had a few baskets the second half, but he stayed in foul trouble the whole time. Javante got in early foul trouble. Yuri got his second foul with six minutes to go in the first half. We uh, we we had some early foul trouble uh, at Davidson, but yeah, our bigs uh, our, our bigs did well. Jake uh, Jake Forster uh, made some buckets in the second half that were big for us. Uh, Had a couple nice block shots, different things like that. But uh, it's going to be crucial. It's going to be crucial Wednesday night that they have a big game.
3: Let me go off on a side side note, as I am wont to do. You mentioned the bigs and foul trouble and all that. And a guy I just love to be around and talk to is Momo, Momo Cisse, who came in and he picked up fouls. But I think we all expected that. But really – well, I don't want to overstate this or have it as a reflection on anybody else, but sort of manned up in the post and and, and just said, You're not you're not getting by me. You may score, yeah. but you're not gonna bowl me over.
2: Yeah, no question. No 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 doubt. He uh defensively he can really play. Uh, that's that's really not an issue at all. Um I, I wish I probably would have played him a little bit more this year, but it's hard when you got two extreme veteran centers that are kind of splitting time. There's not a whole lot of time for anybody else. Yeah. Um and and we've really be honest with you tried to be trying to get these, you know, Jake and Francis going kind of all year long trying to give them playing time to hopefully get them into a rhythm. Um and it's you know, we haven't been able to get Momo in the game, but uh you know, he played at the Davidson game. He's been getting in some different game, different uh in, in games at different times, different situations. Uh you know i put him in the other night just cuz i wasn't happy i was you know I, I, you know we we were just fouling their bigs the whole night and got in and uh he kept foul he was doing the exact same thing but uh, he he actually had a little bit better presence he, i thought so he what we had planned to do he actually did it how we won to three quarter the post to you know do the high side low side different stuff like that and then he actually worked on doing that uh uh, while fouling, but <laughs> but at least he tried. Yeah,
3: at least he tried. Yeah, uh, there, there's no question about it. Um, so you, you got Davidson, and I know you don't you don't look ahead, your assistants, can go do the scouting. But but then on Saturday, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a seven o'clock Saturday night game. We haven't had a ton of Saturday night games, and I expect we'll have a great crowd. And um, uh, Keith Dambrod has got that Duquesne team. They are playing now all of a it's, sudden.
2: It's amazing. You know, they had a obviously, very difficult year last year. Uh, and uh, I, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Keith Dan and the job he does. And uh, he's kind of like me, hard-nosed and kind of old school a yeah. bit. Yeah, Uh And uh, went through a tough deal last year, really difficult. And really, you know, even his best players kind of left and – uh i think they had him picked at the end of at the bottom of the league this year out of mm-hmm. 15 teams and even i said i wouldn't pick against keith he does a good job and he went into the portal he got some transfers kind of rebuilt it over one year which you you can do at times if everything kind of goes right and he's done that uh he's added some scores from what i understand i actually haven't had a chance to watch very much of them at all for whatever reason the games i've been scouting for our opponents, haven't been playing them. Hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, I have seen glimpses and heard, and, uh, you know, supposedly, you know, they're, they're going to always play hard-nosed defense, uh, be physical, things like that. But supposedly they're scoring. They've got some guys that can really, really score the basketball and uh, are having a, you know, a really, really good year.
3: Yeah, and those kind of things, you say, well, you got to win your home games. Well, yeah, but it's not just – you don't just show up at home, and we've had a couple of games where we've we've gotten kind of kicked in the teeth on that yeah, you've yeah, gotta no be ready at home,
2: yeah, there's no guarantees we've you know we've we've proven that we haven't uh held our home court the way we would like to and uh but we've gone on the road and been able to win some games uh to try to you know uh get some bonuses on the road but yeah we we need to again. I don't care home away uh, neutral it, whatever it is we need to be more we need to find our best uh, and find it quick.
3: And a reminder for everyone that uh, that is an eight o'clock game on Wednesday night. Wednesday night is eight o'clock. It's Saturday that's seven. We'll remind everybody on KMOX, of course, on Wednesday night, as Davidson comes to town. It's uh, it would behoove the Billikens to get a sweep, uh, get a sweep there. So you look at the standings and. You know, it's the same. It's the same every year when you do these. Uh, it gets jammed up, and everybody's trying to get to that uh, double buy situation. Um, what's funny is, um, it's hard as you, you go to get there, the Billikens won it, winning four and four Richmond in 2019.
2: Did Richmond did it last year.
3: Richmond did it last year. So, I I don't think we overstate it, but maybe it's not as important sometimes we make it i don't
2: know well you know um it, it, everybody would like to have it there's yeah. no question about that uh the tough part and we kind of talked about that this, this this summer when we at our at our uh A10 meetings when they changed the scheduling um uh, model a little bit where they tried to uh they can, they changed as far as who you play twice they tried to pit all the top teams against yeah. each other and one of the arguments was well that's going to kind of that's going to leave some teams. You're going to find some teams that get a double bye that didn't have quite as hard a schedule as maybe somebody else had. You know that can happen. But and I say that, and I and I was even the one one of them said, yeah, I, I agree that that there's something to that. But it is what it is at this point. And uh, you you know, you're once you get to February, I think every coach would tell you this, you're not even really looking at that as much. as You're just trying to figure out to win the. next game. How do game. I win this game? got to win the next game and all that figures itself out. You get a double bye, great. If you don't, you go there and try to win as. Four games and do what you got to do, or uh, things like that, uh, because you know you. It's uh, when you got fifteen teams; it's an unbalanced schedule, things like that. You know, sometimes it may not just fall your way.
3: So let me throw this at you. This is Rammer tangent time again, yep. um, and you may want to think about it with the schedule with fifteen teams. I've got I've got the plan.
2: I'd like to hear it. i want to go hear it.
3: three. Five-team pods, and we even call them divisions. And you play your pod, those other four, twice. That's eight. The other ten teams, you got 18 games. Yeah. So you would have, I, I, I kind of get hung up on geography too much, but Slew, Loyola, Dayton, Duquesne, St. Bonaventure.
2: So your your yours would be more geographically rather than, because that's kind of the model it is now. We play four teams twice, and you play everybody else once. But they pit – who do you – they just – Who? They decided this year uh, to try to figure out who they thought were going to be the top four or five teams, five or six teams, and, and try to pit everybody together. That's different. That, we've that never, is different. We never did that before. No, it was – it was I mean, that's it, what we did. To, yeah. And uh, except for if you were a top team and, you, and one of those other top teams – uh, But if another team was a rivalry of yours and they weren't a top team, you still played those. But, you know, we didn't have to worry you know, about
3: that. And some of the part of the problem with having a set five teams, we know that although it's, I think it's going to be less and less in the A-10 with the coaches that are in the league now, yeah. but there were times when teams – and um, I don't think it would hurt anybody's feelings, but you look at LaSalle and Fordham, not now, no. but previously – they were down for a while, and, well, LaSalle was up and down. Yeah, but
2: you look at our whole league. it's That's the way it's always been. You yeah. know, it's, you know, even, you know, obviously, you know, Dayton and, and VCU, but, you mm-hmm. know, they've been in and out for last 10 years It's, it's as far as, you know, things like that. So it's – but because what brings it up is LaSalle. Yeah, I remember LaSalle made a Swiss 16 run, what, 10, 12 yeah. years ago, and – so they've, you know, had their moment and different things like that, uh, but uh, but you look at what you know Fordham's having a really good year this year, and uh, so yeah, you know, it, it it I think there needs to be a model, whatever I you know it could be a geographic model. Um, if you if we added more teams, you could go to maybe even two divisions, two divisions, yeah, two divisions, which I think is is better than just everybody in the same pot. If you're not if you're if uh, if if everybody's not playing the same schedule, uh, in a divisional deal, if you have two division, everybody in your division at least is playing the same exact schedule. There's no different. Uh, so I kind of like that model. If we if we were to add more teams, uh, but who knows?
3: Yeah, and over time, and long before you were here, there was a good rivalry with Loyola, and I think fans will embrace that. Really go back to embracing it as time goes on. We had a great crowd up there. Yeah, if any
2: indication when we went there, uh, that's what I'm saying. Um, you know, that was uh, it caught me by surprise uh, a little bit, and I knew we were going to have some a few fans there and things like that, but it was more, it was way more than a few. When I walked out to the game, I just uh, it did it kind of took me back a little bit. How many? Billiken fans were there, how loud they were. They stayed late. I got to go out afterwards and talk to a lot of them and things like that. And, uh, um, so that was, that was kind of neat to see. But that's, you know, we knew when they came into the league, we knew that they would be a team that we played every year. That's going to happen. Uh, no different than Dayton.
3: And in my view, we got to get the league, and I'll work my yeah. – I'll, 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 got the juice to get in there, but we got to be playing Loyola, and they slew on the weekends. You want it to be Friday? I don't care if you want it to be Saturday, but that's when the fans will travel.
2: Yeah, you know, I, uh, there was a lot of talk about that uh, after the game, and I don't, I don't think about those things, you know. And it makes sense, though. Yeah, uh, it did. I don't, you know, um, you know. But uh, there was a lot of talk after, that. and I actually had a lot of fan, fr- uh, fans after the game say, "Hey, make sure they try to." I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I got that much pull, but it makes sense. It yeah. does make sense, and I think they probably should try to do that with any. Rivalry game uh, for both sides. Both mm-hmm. sides should have Saturday games or Friday night, That's whatever right. it may be. Um, Saturday's best, but uh, they should probably try to do that with all rivalry games. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah,
3: I think so too. Um, we've got a few few minutes left. When you take a look at where you are, and you already talked about the, uh, you already talked about. You're just worried about how do I how do I get us ready to play the next game. But when you, over the years, coaching different schools, going down the stretch, when you know, okay, this is the stretch run, your teams historically, I think, you may tell me different, Oklahoma State and UMass, it seems like your teams traditionally kind of figured out, okay, we've got a, the the finishing kick, if you will.
2: No, that, I would say that's true. You know, we've I've, uh, taken, you know, over the years take a lot of pride in individual development. That's one thing we take a lot of pride in. And, uh, and then we've, we've made some runs late in the year and get seem to usually try to take a lot of pride in getting better throughout the year. Cause you know, we take a lot of pride in studying film and working with players individually and bringing players in and just, we try to leave no stone unturned every single day to try to improve no stone whatsoever. And, um, you know, the, obviously, you know, it, it, we're in a challenge right now. Mm-hmm. We're in a challenge and, uh, I enjoy the challenge of trying to figure this out It's frustrating at times because just don't know what we're you know it's hard sometimes we're just not as sure exactly what's what what we're gonna get sometimes but I believe in these guys uh these these guys we we had a, a good practice today uh, they're great great kids uh, we've just struggled at you know trying to uh trying to sustain both ends of the court on on any given night. We've shown it. As I said earlier, we've shown it. And all the stats say we're one of the better, best defensive teams in our league. One of The stats say we're the, one of the best offensive teams in the league as far as scoring points. Rebounding, we just got to do it on a consistent basis and sustain it possession by possession from everybody. And it's not always about, you know, I don't judge how we play, execute, and whether you know we're playing with the type of effort that says, "All right, we got a chance to win this game." It's not based on how many shots we make. I think that's a product of everything else. It's it's based on how locked in we are, how we're playing together. Are we locked in defensively together as a team? Are we locked in offensively together as a team? Are we moving the ball? Are we screening the way we need to sprint the screen? Are we blocking out? Are we talking on defense? If you're doing those things the controllables something we've talked a lot about with our team make sure we're doing the controllables uh, then I think good things can start happening more consistently for our team
3: that's Travis Ford back with a final word in a moment that's all we have for you tonight don't forget eight o'clock on Wednesday the Billikens host Davidson From Matt Pajeski, back in our Camelot studios Brian Kunderman from St. Louis U Jim Jackson Travis Ford of course I'm Bob Ramsey good night from Chaffetz Arena
2: On the Billiken Sports Network, from Learfield, this has been the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Billiken Athletics.
0: Life is a series of moments. Make the most of them with an Edward Jones financial advisor. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Billiken Sports Network.